We're not coming from a moral high ground. We're just talking about it through the financial lens here. Because most people who say that they can't save money, same as us when it came to going to Canada, magically have money to afford their alcohol. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We're Rebecca and Dylan, husband and wife and financial coaches for married couples. Do you and your spouse want to reach financial freedom and start building wealth, but you're not sure where to start? Have you tried to budget and pay off debt, yet you struggle to see your net worth actually increase? Rad Money is the finance podcast that helps millennial married couples get on the same page about one of the toughest topics they will face in their marriage. Our goal is to help you and your spouse work together to reach your financial goals and strengthen your marriage along the way. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. We've got a really great episode ahead, but before we jump into it, if you've been enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you left us a review, like this five-star review we recently received from CD Mark 12. It says, something for everyone. Rebecca and Dylan really have something in their repertoire for everyone. Even if you think you've got yourselves in order, these two can spark a little fire of realization that you always have room for improvement. Just the few changes they suggested have already had such a positive change in our personal relationship, building trust, in addition to the way we approach our finances. Keep up the great work and can't wait to stay on this journey with y'all. Thank you so much for that amazing review. Like I mentioned, if you've also been enjoying this podcast, please do take a couple of moments and leave us a review on Spotify or a written review on Apple. Yeah, I mean, it's just awesome to know that what's being said on the podcast can make a difference in people's relationships. And it's fantastic to know that. And you can help other people. You can help us help other people by leaving us a review. And we'd really appreciate that. Yeah. So in today's episode, we are talking about something that is absolutely taboo. And I can tell you, I've never seen anybody talk about this, especially in the finance industry. No one's talking about this. So that's exactly why we knew we had to talk about it. Yeah. And it's also something that has been very personal for us and our journey of being just really honest with ourselves and how we spend our money, but also with our clients. And the ones who are able to really look at this and examine it and decide how they want to live their life, they do really well. Right. And it's not to say that you have to make any sort of changes. It's just a matter of, like we say, with everything, observing how you're using your money and making sure that you're good with that. Or it could be like it was for us where it triggers some change in some other parts of your life and you're better for it. So today in this episode, we are talking about vices. We're talking about alcohol, smoking, vaping, legal marijuana or illegal marijuana, naughty subscriptions online, all the things that we may not actually talk about, but places we're putting our money and they're just brushed underneath the rug and no one really pays attention to them because we don't really want to admit that they're there sometimes, right? So that's what today's episode is about. And like Rebecca said, we're coming from a total place of honesty, how we saw that alcohol use in our life was not improving it, and it was definitely holding us back from our financial goals. Yeah, in fact, this was one of the first things we ever did to save money. We were dating. We wanted to take a trip to Canada, go skiing in Canada. We were living in Connecticut at the time, but we didn't really have a lot of money at the end of the month, and we were definitely living paycheck to paycheck. We still both had debt. So we were like, well, we want to go to Canada, but how do we pay for Canada? So then one day we just realized, you know what, though? There always magically seems to be enough money for beer. So what we decided to do was to take that money that we originally were using for beer and then put it towards our ski trip. Yeah. And so every week we would take that money and put it into an envelope. Yeah. So we would usually spend about $10, $12 a week on a six pack a piece. So each of us would be contributing that much to, to the envelope. But the real kicker to the challenge was not only were we not drinking and saving that money instead, but... We said that you could technically drink. If you wanted to, you could, but there would be a penalty. 
So the first person who decided to break the agreement and go buy a six pack or whatever would have to contribute like 50 bucks or something ridiculous, like some big penalty. So it wasn't that you couldn't drink. It was just that if you chose to, we were agreeing that that meant you had to pony up a lot more cash. And so that's how we ended up saving up a bunch of money to go to a ski trip to Canada was by cutting out the alcohol in our life. Yeah, I mean, that if that doesn't tell you how much we drank. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't totally funded that way, but it was enough to create the space and the motivation, at least, to really start to use our money in a different way. Right. And so that was the very first time that we really started to look at the way that the vice of daily drinking, we, or like your regular habit of drinking a beer a night or whatever it was, uh, would really add up. And mm-hmm. take away from something that I, I probably wanted to do more. I definitely wanted oh, to yeah, do more. Oh, yeah, the ski trip was very memorable. And I have a lot of great, uh, uh, that was a great experience. And I'm really glad that we did that. And it was way better than just saying, oh, let's have a, a beer tonight after work. It was Yeah, it was a couple months of not drinking, which was like great for our health. And right. we were able to go on this really amazing trip. It was like our second dating anniversary or maybe our first dating anniversary. I think it was two years because there was actually, we went to an Airbnb. It was our first time ever doing it. And the it was back when Airbnb was very personable. Yeah. And the woman bought us a cake that was like happy two year anniversary. Oh my gosh. It was, it was so some cute. very nice touches at at the the place that we stayed. It was excellent. It was fantastic. And that was my first experience with heated floors. And if we live north, that is clutch. But anyway, so so yeah, so that was our first challenge. And really when we started to first just get really honest with it, and that continued over the years of us living together, of us working towards our financial goals together. And especially whenever we truly started to get serious about budgeting. Uh huh. And this is why we're really talking about this a lot today and why we think that it's worth examining because if you're not being honest with yourself about how you're spending your money on your vices, your budget's just going to be inaccurate. Exactly. But as we were getting really serious about our personal finances and we wanted to get out of the debt, we had to get very serious about how we were spending our money and take an honest look at where it was going. Yeah. I mean, everything should be put out on the table of where you're putting your money. And especially if you're spending you know, hundreds of dollars a month, that is a lot of money. Right. And so if it's hundreds of dollars a month, which is actually very quick, you get to that point on alcohol, then you have to look at it and you have to decide if it's worth it, if that's fine, if you're like if you're comfortable with that, if you can afford that, or if you're actually choosing that over something else, something that's more important to you that you wouldn't be able to fund otherwise, like for us. We could have continued to drink our beer, but we still wouldn't have had enough money to go to Canada. So, yes. so, so there's a trade-off. So there's just a trade-off. And I think that people just don't look particularly at their vices in this conversation. And like I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, it was helpful for, for us, but we've also seen this with our clients of the more accurate that they get, the more honest that they get, just the better results that they're going to have because of the accuracy. Exactly. One of the things we did that really helped us out was when we went to the grocery store, you'd go through the wine section, the beer section. And, you know, when you leave the grocery store and you spend $100, $150, that's just one ticket, right? And you can say, oh, I spent $150 on groceries. But for us, we started to say, well, how much of that was alcohol? So the first thing that we started to do was just pull the alcohol out of the receipt and say and observe how much are we spending on alcohol each and every month? Because we had no idea. Yeah, they got absorbed into the grocery bill. And mm-hmm. so you look at your grocery bill, you're like, oh my gosh, I spend like $800 a month on groceries. You're like, nah, you don't. Right. <laughs> Half of that's food, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that was a really big thing when we started to go through the receipt and say and add it up and say, okay, this is how much is specifically for alcohol, just for the sake of looking at our habits 
and yeah. not necessarily trying to change them immediately. About is just starting with the observation, like what is going on here? And that's where it started to really lead into the habit change for us is that yeah. as we notice, okay, we're spending, you know, two, three hundred dollars on alcohol every month. We and yeah. we realize like, hey, that really could be used for other things. Like I don't really want to be spending that much money on alcohol, especially when it isn't just the two hundred, three hundred dollars a month. What if you multiply that over 12 months and you look at exactly. it over the course of a year. Exactly. And to some people, again, that's going to be totally worth it. And that, you know, and that's fine. And maybe you make enough money to where that's not enough to really concern you. But for how aggressive we wanted to be with paying off debt and saving two, three, you know, two years of living expenses and investing and stuff like that, those things were just more important to us. Yeah. And we were trying to get to those goals really quickly as opposed to over a decade. We wanted to do it in two years. And so that's why it was really worth us looking at and being really aggressive uh, in, with our changes. Also, I just want to really call out that, yes, it was two to $300 a month, but it wasn't like, <laughs> but that wasn't like two to $300 worth of Budweiser. You know, I mean, it was craft beers and European wine and, you know, like, so yeah. it's, it well, Rebecca has a favorite vineyard and we had a wine subscription. And we had a wine subscription. Yeah, it was, a, it was a quarterly wine subscription and things like that. So it was very like, it was very high end. To us, it didn't feel like it was a lot of drinking. But then when we got our term life insurance policy, you know, they started asking some hard questions. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we were, how old were we at the time? We were like 29. Yeah, late 20s. Late yeah, 20s. Late, late 20s. And we were getting our term life insurance policy. And they just asked the standard questions like, do you smoke? Do you drink? And, you know, we were very much in the outdoor industry. Outdoor industry is, yeah, we drink a lot. Well, you go on a hike, you have a beer. Yeah. You go rock climbing, you have, you a, have beer. a beer. You go outside, you, you have, have a beer. beer. You know, <laughs> so you very much are just having beers all the time, every right. day. And so you're just like, but you, when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's just one to two a day. Like, it's not a big deal. But it is because when you sit down to answer that question of how many drinks do you drink in a week? And then you look up what is considered a heavy drinker, because I know that that's just like a huge health concern, right? And I, you know, I try to live a healthy lifestyle yeah. back then. And, you know, come to find out only eight drinks a week for a woman is considered heavy drinking. And I was easily putting that back. I mean, just easily. Again, one a night, you're pretty much there. Right. I was very easily having probably at least two a night of a pretty stiff beer or two glasses of wine. So that's the thing, right? It's eight drinks per week. But when you're drinking a strong IPA or a glass of wine, things like that, like your pores are different, your size is different. The exactly. Pit, it was probably a little bit more different. than that. Yeah. very. Oh, it was very easily more than eight. And then for a man, it was 14. And so like you were maybe a little bit closer to just the edge, but I was very much beyond heavy drinker mm -hmm. and so that threw me into a bit of a crisis of identity and saying i do not want to identify myself as a heavy drinker and so now because it all started with budgeting and getting my finances in order and then getting my term life insurance policy <laughs> i took a really glaring look at my drinking habits and i said whoa i don't want to identify that way right that is not who i am so now we've got to change it Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the quarterly wine subscription got canceled and the trips to Total Wine got less and less. And, you know, we really dialed back more and more and more and even more so to when we're now we're at the point we do not keep anything in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to point out, like, it isn't like we don't like to have a drink occasionally. We're not Puritans or coming off totally preachy here, but we've just we've really changed our habits. But I'm not I don't would I would never see myself totally giving up. 
alcohol. No, I mean, and we've not gone... enjoying a glass of wine with yeah. a nice dinner or celebrating with champagne occasionally. Like mm-hmm. that, those things are nice. They're really, it's a great way to like enjoy what. Yeah, life. if you can control. If you can control the consumption, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh-huh. But, I mean, we've dialed our drinking down probably about 80 90%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If, if not more. And I think that that's just really powerful. And to look at it not only in the benefits of our pocketbook, but our health mm-hmm. and our relationship. You yeah. know, we another thing that, I mean, it was just like kind of all these things at once. But at the same time of me having this identity crisis of I don't want to be seen as a heavy drinker, I really just started to notice that, like, when we would have a couple drinks a night, I would get a really short fuse with you. I would get so easily annoyed with you. That's fair and, enough. And and so we just started to, I think the closest that we've ever gotten to like a real argument, well, we, were, we were drinking. Totally. I mean, the statistics around drinking are crazy too, right? Like 50% of all murders are done under the influence of alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like domestic abuse is probably it's extremely high. I mean, that's why prohibitionists were primarily women was right. that they were trying to not get beat to crap when their husbands came home from the bar. Yeah, and I totally agree. I didn't like the way I was acting when I started to drink as often as we were. And it's like, and it's, gosh, it is crazy to say this and know this is about to hit the internet. But it wasn't even like it was this super dark thing. It no. was like I was saying, it just made me a person who like, I just didn't like that person. It wasn't super dramatic. It was really just down to like, again, we got just really close to a really big argument. But we were, there was never knockdown, drag out. No, you know, no, it was no. never this huge dramatic thing. I think we were just lucky that we noticed it before it became a bigger problem. It, it just didn't bring the best out in us yeah. is the way that I always like to put it. And so that was enough of a reason for me to really examine it and start to make changes um, in addition to the financial component. But I always want to be my best. I want to always give our marriage my best. And I could just see how it was creating these rifts, like whether we were drinking or even just like when I was in a pattern of drinking quite a bit, that even just during the day, I would just be more on edge. I'd just be moodier. Definitely, it didn't help with my depression at the time. Um, you know, all these other things. And I was just like, you know, if I could just start to pull that away and that could help me in so many other ways, help our marriage in so many ways. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. The addition by subtraction method. Oh my gosh. But by not drinking, it just like it or reducing the amount that we drank, it made us have better time together. But also, you know, the next day I didn't wake up feeling a little fuzzy. Mm -hmm. I could get up out of bed a little bit easier. I could put better effort into work or whatever I was doing the next day. So there's just like, you know, the compound effect of how things can go one way or the other just by a small choice that we're making. Mm -hmm. And I think alcohol, while being the most socially acceptable, it's just so sneaky. Yeah. So sneaky in how it affects you outside of the actual time that you're drinking. Because that's obvious, right? You know, once you're at your like second drink, you're like, okay, I'm feeling a little buzzed and like, you know, having a good time and all that sort of stuff. And then it can go further if you want it to. But it's harder to notice the difference in your quality of sleep. It's harder to notice the difference in your mood and your character and how, you know, prickly or not you are. Uh Um, And so it's just very sneaky in that way. And in the same way that it's sneaky in your budget. So I think that that's just really an interesting thing. But Again, we're mostly putting this through the lens of alcohol because it's the most socially accepted thing and it's our personal story, but there are so many other vices that people just need to be looking at and including in their budget. So alcohol is the most common and socially acceptable, but there's also cigarettes or vaping. There's legal cannabis. I mean, being honest about all these things, we're not coming from a moral high ground. We're just talking about it through the financial lens here. Not that it's right or wrong. It's just 
how much are you putting towards these things? And is it keeping you back from the goals that you want to reach? Yeah, we're actually not really talking about moral or ethical values at all here. More so just that you're being honest with yourself. And you can and looking at it and for the sake of accuracy and being thorough and then saying, okay, am I okay with this? And that's up to you. That is a personal choice. If you want to make changes like like we did, then that's a personal choice for us and for many of our clients who are honest enough with themselves to say, this is where I put my money and this is something that I have to plan for. And you know what? If I decide to change that later, then we can decide to change that later. But as of right now, this is what I'm doing with my money. Those are the people who honestly are the best clients because they are the most honest with themselves and they get the most accurate information. Right. I think it's so cool that they're willing to be so open and honest about it as well. Like, I don't don't know what we've done to create a space where, you know, I've had the client is like, yeah, I drink this much and I buy this much pot every month. Yep. And so it's like, let's put it in the budget and yep. make sure that you plan for it. And then they also look at it and they say, oh yeah, but I could also just smoke a little bit less and I could put that money towards the investment. And then, so it's just like, oh yeah, great. That's awesome. It's just, yeah, it's really helpful to just know your numbers inside and out. Exactly. And you know what? I'm going to sit there and I'm going to brainstorm with you and I'm going to say, hey, let's just replace one night out at the bar with an, inviting your friends over for a drink at home. Okay, Is, isn't that a huge you, game changer? It's going to save you so much money. Or just literally stop ordering, ordering a cocktail when you go out to a restaurant. Your right. restaurant budget just doubled. Because the markup on alcohol is so ridiculous. Goodness, wine right? in particular, but all of it. Yep. It's it's yeah, it's out of control. Um, and so by just saying, looking at your habit really honestly, just allows you to find all of these different opportunities. I don't care if you drink the exact same amount, but maybe you just change the way that you drink, or you change what you drink, or you do whatever. I don't care. I'm just saying that it's about being really honest with yourself and shining a light on these these things that, like you said earlier, are usually just swept under the rug. And yeah, most financial professionals are not going to talk to you real talk like this. But it is something that you need to consider when you're looking to budget, you're looking for ways to save money, because most people who say that they can't save money, <laughs> same as us when it came to going to Canada, magically have money to afford their alcohol. Right. It's not a matter of lack of money. It's a matter of aligning your values to actually put that money towards what matters the most to you. If you look at the numbers, they might surprise you of what you're actually putting your money towards. So if this is something that you want to do and you want to take a good, honest look at how much you are spending on your vices. Well, the first thing that you're going to want to do is just create an individual line item or a category in your budget for those specific habits. So we have one that is just titled alcohol. It is not fluffed. It is not, we do not beat around the bush of what that is. It is alcohol. Yep. And, and so, and that could be beer, it could be wine, whatever. You could make it sound all nice if you want, but I prefer just be honest. Be honest. I have a client who just, uh, who called it naughty tobacco. Okay, yeah. whatever. So call it what you want, but give it a specific line item and then even just ballpark how much you think you spend, and then pay attention to it. Right. See how much you actually spend. Observation is so big here. It's just paying attention to what you're doing and how much you're spending. It's just, you're going to gain so much information from just doing that alone. It's going to be really helpful for you in the future. If you want to make changes, you can do it accurately. But the point of this, again, it isn't to make you feel bad. It isn't even to tell you that you have to change. It's just so that you can see where your money is going. Yep, exactly. So it's just good accounting. And then 
The second thing, when you're actually budgeting for these things, you're tracking these expenses, like we alluded to earlier, it's going to be really important for you to keep receipts. If you do buy beer or wine at the grocery store, keep those receipts and pull those purchases out of your total. Or if you really want to, you could separate transactions. All we do is just subtract the total cost of the alcohol plus any taxes and fees for the alcohol and take that amount. And that's what we put into the category. But if you're not creating that space, if you don't have the line item itself broken out, and then you're not actually splitting those receipts, then again, you're just not going to have super accurate information. So that's a really critical step. And then, like we talked about, there's a lot of different ways that you could start to save money in these areas, especially when it does come to alcohol. But number one thing, stop ordering drinks at restaurants. Y'all, it's so expensive. People already spend so much money eating out, but adding the drinks to the mix just make it so much more expensive. And it chews through your restaurant budget so fast. So that's a really great way to say, hey, I really like to go out to eat. Like, I enjoy those experiences. That's our date night. But maybe you just have a glass of wine when you get home at the end of the evening as opposed to having it at night and it costing you an arm and a leg. I love that because that's an opportunity to say, oh, going out is expensive. We really need to cut back on that. But instead of saying we can't go out as often, we could just say we won't drink when we go out instead. So we can keep having the date night each and every week. Hey, you know what? And then nobody gets pinned with the DD responsibility. Yeah. You go home, you have a little nightcap, you chill with your spouse, whatever, or your friend, and and that's great. And nobody has to worry about, you know, getting a cab or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like it's positive for a lot of reasons. So those are tips if you want to start to look at how much you're spending on your vices so that they cannot have such a grip on your wallet and not be sabotaging your financial goals. Because I tell you what, if you aren't including this, there are consequences. If you aren't being accurate with, you know, spending a hundred plus dollars every month towards something and you're not accounting for it, that's going to screw you up. Yeah. And so your budget is just going to be inaccurate. And so that means that any progress towards your goals is going to be less and less because you just don't have good information. So we, so you really need to do this. Yeah. If you end the month and you don't know where some of that money went, but you haven't included these things in your budget, that's going to be where you need to start looking. It, so many people just aren't honest with their habits and behaviors. The numbers don't lie. So that's today's episode. We know this is a really hard pill to swallow and we might have just pissed a lot of you off. Uh, but these vices can really be sabotaging your progress towards your financial goals. So we absolutely had to talk about it. It's a very personal story for us. And this was very helpful for us improving our life in so many different ways. And then we have seen how it's actually really helped our clients as well, help them really get honest with themselves. And if they're aligning their money with their values, and if they may want to make any changes so that they're using their money to design the life that they truly want. If you found this conversation really unique and really got you thinking and reflecting on your spending habits and how you use your money on these things that most people are not willing to talk about and they're pretty taboo and you probably don't include it in your budget, but you can see the value in it, then we'd love to hear from you. And we'd love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you could just take a moment and leave us a written review, that really helps us get this kind of content out to more people so that it can help them reach their financial goals. So thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Dylan. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad Coaches. Coaches.